welcome back to the Committed Football Guys podcast. Today, we are going to be continuing our dynasty rankings and focusing on the wide receiver position. Then, we are also going to be going over three trades today and a fan favorite, Fair or Fleece. How y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Really nothing new. Just keep on rocking in the free world. What about you, Philly? I'm doing pretty good as well. Colby and I, for those that don't know, we're in a fantasy baseball league that we've been in since 2015. It's pretty serious, pretty competitive. And so uh, spring training's right around the right around the corner. So we've been prepping for that. Uh, so that's been fun because uh, the blob, as it's referred to, is one of my favorite things in fantasy. Uh, it's the only fantasy baseball league I do. That's pretty much been it. Otherwise, it's been a this this month has kind of flown by, uh, truthfully. So uh, now we're already in February, and you know we're getting into the Super Bowl and off season and draft and stuff. So it's it's a good time for for fantasy, for fantasy baseball and fantasy football. I feel like. How are you doing, Colby? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm doing well. I'm also very excited about the fantasy baseball grind. I got to do a few th- fun things lately. I got to go to some uni- University of Virginia basketball games. Uh, it's been Heck fun. Yeah. For those that don't know, I'm living in Charlottesville, Virginia right now. It's been a really great opportunity, great time. And also, I'm really looking forward to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a really good game. So, I have the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to win. What do y'all think? Yeah, first of all, all of our I think all every single one of our Super Bowl picks were wrong, right? Joel, did, who did you have? I don't actually think I picked one matchup. I was like, I would be happy with any of the four matchups, which was yeah. true. But I really do. I mean... These are the number one teams seed-wise. And so, yep. I mean, we're, we're expecting a great game. It just all comes down to Mahomes' health, his weapons' health. Definitely. And I guess, you know, the Eagles have really been that team all year. And so we'll see if they can kind of put the cap to the, to the great season they had. Have you guys watched any of the uh, Pro Bowl stuff? I haven't. I saw the Derek Carr clip that was absolutely hilarious where he's like, guess that's why I'm out of here. And uh, and I thought that was very funny. And also like, hey, not to Kirk Carr for I almost said Kirk, not to Carr for for being a good guy and just kind of making fun of himself a little bit. But yeah, with the Super Bowl, I think it's gonna be a great matchup. You know, like we talked about number one seeds. A lot of people are saying that the that the Eagles had an easy route to the Super Bowl. So, you know, we'll see if that's if that's the case at the end of the game. You know, if the Chiefs happen to roll, you know, maybe we point to that. But I do think the Eagles ultimately will win. I think they just have the better team overall, even though Mahomes is Mahomes. But uh also, you know, the Chiefs are there because the refs absolutely just rob the Bengals of that game, but we don't have to go into it. I keep on seeing some stuff on Twitter about the, you know, their Mickey Mouse road to the yeah. to the Super Bowl. It's so funny. Like I love they, any Mickey Mouse stuff. It's hilarious. Every time that anyone posts on the for the Eagles or anyone posts anything, you know, positive about the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. That's like the immediate reply from you know the Twitter reply guys of the world. It's hilarious. So great. Well, all right. Do we want to go ahead and jump into our dynasty rankings? I feel like the top is a little easy, but why don't we go ahead and kick it off? Colby, who is your dynasty wide receiver one? Before we get into the dynasty wide receiver rankings, I just want to say I absolutely love the wide receiver position, and I think this is how you win championships in fantasy. Now, I know that that has been a different thing in the past. It was all running back, running back, running back. But I think. In the last few years, it's shown that the elite wide receivers are irreplaceable for your roster. And, you know, they get hurt less. Just It's, it's just the simple, the simple fact of it. Now, can they get hurt? Of course they can. Yeah. But they get hurt less. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you're talking about, like you said, how the, the trend has gone, the climate's changed. The climate's changed in the league. So, like, now safeties can't just tee off on these guys and and hit them hard and so like wide receivers are just taking less hits like the offense uh the the landscape of the game is just set up for them to to stay healthy which like you said like that matters a lot yeah absolutely so i think the number one wide receiver i think it's pretty obvious who is the number one wide receiver in fantasy he's had three straight years of over 1400 yards i just want to say that one more time three straight years over 1400 yards 
1,800 yards last year, 184 targets. Justin Jefferson, do the gritty. He is an elite, elite player. He is one of those players that if you have an opportunity to acquire him in fantasy, you do it. If he's available, you do it. Yeah, with my wide receiver one, I also have to go Justin Jefferson. If you're having anyone else at that number one spot, you're just kind of trying to be different. But the truth is Justin Jefferson is number one. I don't really have much else to add. He's just look at the stats. He's he's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's the most dynamic receiver in the league. He's a little bit better than the player who was drafted in front of him and in, in, uh, when he was coming into the league, Jalen Rager. Right. He's only a, he's marginally better than him. Marginally. We'll see if we can <laughs> fill those those big shoes. Uh, but I think, yeah, the reality is he is rarely stopped and he's not confined to one thing. He's got a bag and he's just constantly in it. So uh, there's no reason. Well, I'm going to jump into this because I think he's all year. I think he's y'all's wide receiver, too, as well. But this has kind of been a point of contention for myself lately, but then kind of leading into other conversations is that Jamar Chase, if someone has him as one, you're not going to call that person crazy. But Jamar Chase and his quarterback stability for the long term does make a really good point. If the gap between Jefferson and Chase is not that big, then there is a good argument to say, well, for the next decade, who's going to be Jefferson's quarterback once Kirk Cousins is gone? And we don't know that. Obviously, if they brought somebody great in, there's nothing to be concerned about. But the tie to Burrow could put Jamar Chase into that one conversation a little bit more firmly, I think, especially if they can somehow tie up T. Higgins for the long term, which has been another conversation we've been having a lot in our group chat. For sure. Yeah, I have Chase number two as well. I think the only difference to me is that like the Vikings, and again, you know, you can talk about the long term as well, but the Vikings in the here and now throw the ball so much. And I know the Bengals do throw the ball a lot too, but like you said, Burrow has Higgins and he has Boyd and he has Hurst. Like they have guys that they can throw the ball to if Chase is being doubled or whatever. And so from a fantasy points per game perspective, like Chase or Jefferson finished 21.7, Chase finished 18. Uh, he did also miss some games this year, uh, only playing in 13 games. So health, you know, he's not really a guy so far that we're like, oh, health's a question mark for him. But I just think, yeah, like you're right. It, you're not calling them crazy, but I still would rather have Jefferson right now and somewhat in the long term but chase is is an equally talented wide receiver and you know right now jefferson's just getting way more volume yeah i mean i totally agree chase is definitely the number two wide receiver in dynasty right now that being said he is better than chase but i think he's right there to where if you have an opportunity to acquire chase you do it he's another one of those players that if they become available, you send any offer you can to see if you can get them. Or if you have them, you know, you probably just need to keep them. I love I love putting players on tra- on the trade block and just seeing what you can get for him, but nobody wants to really pay up for what these guys are worth. So just True. keep it. Definitely. All right, Colby, who is your wide receiver three? I went back and forth between three and four multiple times, but I ended up going with C.D. Lamb at number three. And the reason I took C.D. Lamb is because he had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, which is what we really need to see. Um, I think there was a lot of questions coming into this year, but I really think he proved these guys wrong. He had 156 targets, 1,300 yards over, over that. He was also getting in the end zone, which is exactly what we want to see in fantasy. Um, he's tied to Dak, and I do think they're going to lock him up to a deal because Jerry Jones loves to pay his players. And I want him in Dallas, but the route running this year was a big improvement and his target share there is just amazing. So even if they, they bring in a guy like JSN or Quentin Johnston, whoever they bring in, I think they're looking at drafting a receiver. Even if they bring in those guys, I still think he's going to be the alpha and just combined with his elite playmaking ability with his age being only 23 years old. He's a guy I want at wide receiver three. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Lamb is high on my list. I am However, 
going to go with A.J. Brown for my wide receiver three. And the reason why is you kind of touched on it a little bit when you were talking about Lamb. You know, when we saw Lamb with another receiver, kind of like in Amari Cooper, his production wasn't there like it was this year, right? And we could just, you could just chalk that up to saying, well, he's just improved as a player. And, and you know, I wouldn't, I would listen to those arguments, but we've already seen A.J. Brown in a great offense this year with another elite wide receiver be able to put up insane numbers. You know, he had... 1400 receiving yards 145 targets only 88 receptions was just kind of a interesting uh, target to reception disparity but 11 touchdowns as well he's just he's just such a dominant dog of a receiver and so i just prefer aj brown i also think that potentially longevity wise he's just bigger and stronger i could see him you know even though he did kind of have some injuries recently i could just see him maybe lasting a little bit longer in his career but who knows but A.J. Brown's my receiver three. I've also got A.J. Brown as my receiver three. And I think just kind of like at the one and two, Colby kind of touched at it, the three and four slots, no one's going to call you crazy for C.D. at three or A.J. Brown at three and uh, vice versa at the four. And I just think that the Eagles offense is a little bit more trustworthy slightly. That's just kind of what puts it up because they're very similar receivers as far as being able to dominate a game. Sometimes the way they do that is a little differently. AJ Brown is a little bit more of a, a stronger receiver, whereas CD lamb is a little bit more slippery and more, more of a technician as far as route running goes. They're both extremely talented, but AJ Brown is my wide receiver three. Very nice. Colby, wide receiver four, is it A.J. Brown or is it someone else? I am the biggest A.J. Brown fanboy probably on this podcast. So I do have A.J. Brown at four. <laughs> I was about to say, um, who does he have? <laughs> no, I do, it, I do have A.J. Brown at four. There's a lot of emotional ties because he was one of my first ever picks in Dynasty as well. So yeah. I've just always been a big fan of his. But in general, I mean, he just has the elite production. Also, he has these massive blow-up games, these two-touchdown, three-touchdown games, 200-yard yeah. games, 150-yard games. Those games that win you weeks, that's what I want on my roster. You know, he has two seasons already in his young career where he scored double-digit touchdowns. That's what you want. Yeah. As a touchdown guy, him and Jalen look like they have really had a, a nice rapport between them. And the Eagles are just an elite team that – I just don't see them getting any worse right now. They're just in right. a really good spot. All their guys are young, locked up. They have two first round picks. It's it's just ridiculous what they're going to be. And they're in the Super Bowl. So, you know, the best teams, you want those players because they're going to score. I also think that when you look at the context of the teams around these two players, A.J. Brown has Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, you know, if you care about him. And so a defense can't just key in on him. Right now, outside of the run game and Schultz, no receivers really matter in Dallas too much. Schultz might leave and as so, well. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so, I, and you know, maybe Sanders is gone, but that doesn't really matter for A.J. Brown. But I think uh, after we see how this offseason shakes up, it could be better for Lamb as far as who he's playing next to, who's lined up next to him. But it helps AJ Brown a lot to have such a dynamic offense surrounding him. Definitely. And also, you know, we, we haven't talked about this on the pod yet, but Kellen Moore went to go to the chargers, you know, how big of a drop off is the play calling from Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy? You know, last time we saw McCarthy calling plays was what with Aaron Rodgers at his peak. And so now we have Mike McCarthy calling plays for Dak. And I just don't know, like, I don't know how big of a drop off, the offense will be. I honestly don't imagine it's going to be that steep of a drop off. Truth be told, I do think Kellen Moore is a big boost to the Chargers just because I thought Joel Lombardi was awful. But that is just a little bit of a question. You know, it seems like everyone's staying in Philadelphia right now, which is really nice for for at least next year. Right? We may see their OC leave after next year if they have another great season. But like we said, they're all locked up uh, as far as the Eagles go. Uh, so that's just why I had A.J. Brown number three, but I have C.D. as my wide receiver four. All the things Colby mentioned, I was actually really low on C.D. going into this year. I thought, oh, man, he's, you know, can he actually be a one? Uh, you know, I just thought I, I just had some some doubts. 
But man, he exceeded all of my expectations and proved me wrong. And he is my wide receiver four in Dynasty, still only 23 years old. That's insane. And again, just a phenomenal year this year. Nine touchdowns from a receiver his size. That's pretty impressive. You know, AJ Brown is that big guy, that big body receiver that, you know, you want to go to in the red zone. But CD was a technician even in the red zone. And so that's what you want to see. And, and he was dominant this year. So he's my wide receiver four as well. Yeah, I've got Lamb at four. And just like you said, Philly, in the end zone when it, or in the red zone when it mattered, of course, if it's a yard away, Zeke's getting the ball. Everyone knows that. But Lamb kind of took on that, I am the receiver one of this team. This is my receiver room. And I think also that something you really want to see in these top five, maybe top three or four receivers is when they have a 12-target game we have 10 receptions. When we have a 15 target game, we've got 11 or 12 receptions. Yeah. Not, I don't even remember who it was, but we were joking about a, a lower caliber player having 100 targets and 60 catches. That's a lot of missed opportunities for 100 targets. And so you want to see a guy like Lamb, he's getting so much work and he's also doing something with it. And so he's, he's at my wide receiver four. Colby, what about your wide receiver five? Okay, so there is a mantra that I have and that I've talked about a little bit, but I hate older player players. I want to get off the players that um, are getting older and maybe their value is at their peak. But as I was making this list, I cannot deny Tyreek Hill. I just can't deny him. I can't deny what he does on the field. I can't deny his situation. I can't deny that he's only 28 years old and he doesn't look like he's stopping anytime soon. Also, he's tied to a fantastic coach offensively. I know that there's questions about him um, in general, but I still I still believe in Mike McDaniel and the way that he uses Tyreek Hill. I mean, it seemed like he unlocked him, which is a, a crazy thing to say for a guy that had four year, four seasons over a thousand yards with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But he goes to Mike McDaniel with Miami. He absolutely blows up 170 targets. I just want to say that one more time. 170 targets. That's insanity. With 1,700 yards, seven touchdowns. He even thrown a rushing touchdown. He's got 32 carries this year. I mean, he's just a usage rate monster. He's just the type of player you want on your team. He's also that type of guy that can win you a week. He can score that 40-point yeah. game, that 50-point game even. I'm going to take Tyreek Hill at five. It goes against everything I, I believe in, but I can't deny the talent. I can't deny the production. Yeah. For my wide receiver five, I have Tyreek Hill as well. And, you know, when you look at a guy that his his size, you know, you would think, oh, he might he might not last as long in the league. But every single season since his rookie year, there's only been one season that he hasn't played at least 15 games. That's incredible for for a player his size. And I just feel like those like, speed i know tyreek's not just a speed only guy but those guys that you consider just the speed guys like i feel like they always like break down earlier or have a lot of injuries but tyreek is just consistent and yeah i mean if you just look at his game log it's it's insane the the like just the sheer amount of numbers he puts up you know there are questions about tua long term but like you said with mike mcdaniel i think that's like the key there i think if you get another solid quarterback in there, if Tua doesn't end up working out, I think he's going to be just fine. There was a stat earlier in the year because it felt like Hill and Waddle were always open that like their average yards of separation was like five yards or something like that, which in the NFL is just insane. I mean, he's just Mike McDaniel is just scheming it up for those two guys. And so, yeah, Hill does not look like he's stopping anytime soon. I've got Tyreek at five as well. Wow. And I, I I do think that the old player mantra, and I think we would all agree that it's it's just different when it comes to receivers. It's very different when it comes to tight ends, but it's a little bit different when it comes to receivers. Mm-hmm. And that they can if they can sustain that level of play, doesn't really, you know, age is not as big of a deal as it is for running backs. They're not taking those hits. We mentioned that earlier. I mean, who would think that when Tyreek Hill is no longer with Patrick Mahomes, he would have career highs in almost every stat. Yeah. It's I didn't just, bet on that at all, I can promise you. I mean, we all thought this is going to be a lot of fun. 
but we don't quite know how it's going to go for Patrick or for Tyreek. And I think they both prove that they are just fine no matter who they're on the field with. Tyreek ended up being the guy that even when Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater took over the quarterback position, they looked to him. And I think ultimately that is what put him at five for me outside of someone like his counterpart, Jalen Waddle. Colby, what about uh, your wide receiver six? So this is where I I definitely get off the beaten path, as I'm known to do. But I have Amon Ross St. Brown at six. I just think he's 23 years old. He's tied to an offense that is just throwing the ball just constantly. Um, 146 targets last year. Um, he came onto the scene the year before and just took the league by storm. He's the type of player that I know that they're gonna they added Jamison Williams, and Jamison Williams is a good player, but they also got rid of TJ Hawkinson, which he got a lot of targets as well. Yeah. Um, I was totally wrong on Amon Ra. I came into the year like super low on him, but would you just look at what he did and he's only 23 years old? He is a physical player. He also is a just an amazing route runner. You see all these players like Jefferson, like Chase, like Devontae Adams. These guys, they have incredible route running ability, and that's what really takes them to the next level. I see that in Almond Raw. So that is why I have him. And I like Jared Goff too. I don't think he's bad. I really don't. I think he's a quality, quality starter in the NFL, and he's just gonna keep on throwing on the ball. So I have him on Raw at six. Yeah, like you said, he was a guy I was I was low on going to the year that he kind of proved me wrong. I do have some interesting numbers on him though. Once JMO actually got to playing a little bit more, his points per game did drop a little bit more. And so we'll see how that goes next year. He's personally not in my top 10, just as spoiler alert, but I still really like him. And I do like if I had him in any league, I definitely want to hold on to him. But my wide receiver six is Tyree Kill's teammate, and that is Jalen Waddle. Waddle was a guy who I actually wasn't super high on coming into the league. Like I thought he was kind of like a little bit of a one trick pony as far as, you know, speed and everything goes, but he's proven to be a pretty solid and reliable route runner. And, uh, and this year he just blew up. He had a really great year, his rookie year. He had 140 targets his rookie year and those got cut down to 117. And yet he improved upon everything. And like every other stat other than receptions and targets, he had more yards, more yards per target, more yards per catch and more touchdowns, which he had eight touchdowns this year. And I think that's the thing with Waddle that I really like is that he is just a game breaker type of receiver. He has such good speed and and just uh, yards after catch ability. And that's just what I want to go with there for my wide receiver six, just because he did have some duds for sure. There's no denying that, but he also had a 40 point game, a 30 point game, a 20 point game, 25 point game. Like he's just been one of those guys that I think could just really continue to ascend uh, as he just gets better in that offense. So Joel, what about your wide receiver six? I've also got Jalen Waddle. And I think Philly, you brought up his monster games. And I think sometimes the thought is, well, those monster games kind of puffed up his numbers. And just the reality is that the team was in a tough spot when Tua wasn't on the field. Backup quarterbacks typically don't spread the ball out too much. They just get the ball to the best player. I mean, look at Jarrett Stidham. What did he do when he stepped on the field? He did what any smart person would do, and he threw the ball to Devontae Adams every single time he threw the ball. And so no one's going to blame Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson for throwing the ball to Tyreek all the time. But I do think Jalen Waddle still has a big factor in him about just being able to dominate a game. He's so fast. He's a separator. He's just going to get open. He's got reliable hands. And I think there's, there's just no reason to worry for his dynasty value moving forward simply because, you know, he didn't get the looks that Tyreek did when backup quarterbacks were in. So if you're a Waddle manager, fear not. He's going to be fine as long as he's tied to Mike McDaniel and even not, you know, as long as he's just in the league and he's got a competent quarterback, he's going to be fine. 
All right. Uh, and for those that uh, obviously we're a podcast, so you can't see us, but uh, Joel's got his son, Nolan, cute baby. No is uh, so if you hear some, some extra noises, that's, that's what that is. Uh, so Colby, who you got for your wide receiver seven? Let's be real. Nolan probably has better things to say than I do. So <laughs> <laughs> in all fairness, but yeah, so my wide receiver seven, probably one of my favorite players in the league, but I'm taking T Higgins. That's, that's the guy I want back-to-back seasons. He's had three seasons in a row with over a hundred targets. He's tied to one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And since 2020, he is the league leader in contested catches with 97. He's the type of player, go up and get it. And I just really believe in his talent overall. I know he does. He did have some like injury weirdness. Yeah. And it didn't affect you at all. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't affect me at all. (laughs) It did not affect me at all. Actually, it really affected me because I don't know if y'all remember this, but it was probably like week 14, week 15 around that time. They said he was going to play. He was off the injury port and I really needed him for our guillotine league. I was in the top five. And so he played one snap, I think, and then just set the entire game. And it yep. was just like, wait, what, what, what? <laughs> this is not supposed to happen. But yeah, I'm taking T. Higgins. It was really close between him and Waddle. I think Waddle's an incredible talent. And I would never say that Waddle's bad because he's a great player. And he's a he's a very good route runner. But I think when it comes down to it, he is tied to her. He's tied to like the situation that I just am not thrilled with i don't know what's going to happen with tua there's tyreek alongside him so and also he did deal with injuries this last year as well so i'm just giving t higgins a little a little bump over waddle that's fair so my wide receiver seven is devonta smith and i think the theme for especially colby and i in our dynasty wide receiver rankings are guys that proved us wrong we were both wrong about devonta smith coming into the year i mean we yeah I thought he was too small. I mean, six foot 170 is what he's listed on sleeper, but dude won a Heisman. He might be about to be winning a, a Super Bowl. So, I mean, he's he's just insanely talented. Finished at the wide receiver nine this year. But again, his first year with A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts continuing to progress. He had some weird games where he only had like a few targets, but whenever he plays like regularly and gets regular targets, which they force feed him the ball. I mean, from weeks 10 to the end of the season, every single game he had eight or more targets. I mean, that's that's kind of what you want to see from your wide receiver. And still had, uh, he had seven touchdowns, 1,100 yards, 136 targets, 95 receptions. I just think that when we talk about technicians, Devonta Smith is one of the absolute best in the league, like I said, tied to a great quarterback, great system, and we've seen him already produce with another elite wide receiver beside him. So I want Devonta Smith uh, with my number seven. Who you got, Joel? I have got Cooper Cup at my wide receiver seven. Cooper Cup obviously had a historical season last year. He was not slowing down this year up until his injury. And there was no reason to bring him back if you're the Rams. They had nothing going for him. Stafford was hurt. Everyone else was hurt. And so I think that it kind of is more of a, maybe a, I want to call it a recency bias. You know, he's a, he's a hair older than these other guys. I think that the reality is no one was stopping Cooper Cup. Injury stopped him this year, but up until that point, he had given us no reason to believe that last year was a fluke and that 2021 was something that he couldn't continue to build on and so or or to replicate and so i'm not buying the the cooper cup is not going to still dominate the league as long as he's in it i'm still on it and so he's my wide receiver seven yeah um i think that's way too high but i can understand why you have him at seven i think my concerns about cup is it's just it just seems like it's a him stafford mcveigh show and they're not winning you know, they weren't winning last year when they were doing that. So I think they're going to have to change things. And he is going to be 30 next year. So I just that's the only reason I don't have him on my top 10. But if you looked at what he did last year and the year before that, obviously he's an elite, elite player. And I have nothing negative to say about him overall yeah. as a player. I just don't see him being able to maintain that number seven value or even a top 10 value when all these other great wide receivers are in. 
in the league and they're 23, 24 years old. Yeah, for sure. But I do think there's an argument to be made that a lot of the guys that we're listing right now couldn't do this in a PPR league at 29, 31.8, 30.8, 16.4, 26.2, 25.9, 16.7, 22.9, 25.8. Right. But that's but they were losing. They weren't winning. And I don't I think, think that, that it matters because it doesn't matter. I do your think that. Team. No, I do think that matters because I don't think they're going to continue to just pepper him with targets when they're losing to the Seahawks 30 to 17 every, you know, every other week, whatever it is. McVay is a smart coach. McVay won a Super Bowl, obviously. He's a very intelligent coach. He remembers every play in the NFL for whatever reason. <laughs> um, but I just don't think that they're going to roll out there again and just be like, hey, I know we lost a lot last year doing this, but we're just going to give Cooper Cup the ball every play. Even though we were losing, it's fun. But I just don't see like how that will continue to happen. I see that, but I also they weren't losing because they were doing that. Like Why were they they didn't, losing? you're not gonna stop doing a good thing just because you also weren't winning. That the the causation and correlation to me isn't really showing up there. So if we want to just look, so they got trounced week one against Buffalo, they beat Atlanta, beat Arizona. They lost badly to San Fran, which we all know Kyle Shanahan owns McVay. They lost to Dallas by 12. And Dallas, that's when Dallas's defense was like at its peak. I feel like they beat Carolina, lost against to San Francisco, lost that crazy one to Tampa Bay. And then the next week was when Cup got injured. So, you know, it, it was kind of like, I know what Colby's saying. And I don't, you know, Cup is, is in my top 10, but we'll see where he is. But I do agree that something is probably going to change, but he's still an elite player to me. But Colby, why don't you go ahead with your wide receiver eight? At eight, I do have Waddle, and we talked about him a little bit. I do really like him. I think he's a very, very strong player. Just, I just have questions about his situation. I think his situation is not ideal, and he's a very, very talented player. But with Tyreek alongside him, to a may play maybe retiring what i mean i don't really know i know that they said he's not going to retire but it just seems like he gets one hit hit one bat one time really hard again he might not play anymore for his right. own sake honestly i'm just worried about it i do ha- like him enough though to have him in my top eight but yeah is what i will say if you have waddle i'd rather have t i'd rather have amon Ra. i'd rather have those players so you could probably get waddle and um, or you could probably get those players and trade Waddle for, you know, plus that. That's what I would do. Essentially, yeah. And and I will say, you know, I, I'm if we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but I am probably the the biggest Tua hater there is on the planet. Obviously, I don't want to see him get injured or anything like that. I just don't think he's very talented. And a lot of the McDaniel offense was kind of like point and shoot with him. And so with that being said, I, I don't think that it, I do think that if two were to retire, they bring in another quarterback that, that he would just be just fine. You know, I don't think that two is going to retire and they're just going to stick with Teddy Bridgewater for the next five years. You know what I mean? Like they're going to bring in a guy of equal or more talent than Tua. So that's, that's my only, you know, rebut to that argument. But my number eight, y'all are probably going to not like this one, but I still have Stefan Diggs at number eight. Uh, he is a little bit older, and he honestly had kind of a, a little bit of a concerning into the season, at, except for week 18. But the fact remains that, you know, Josh Allen just loves this guy and peppers him with targets, 156 targets this year, 110 receiving yards, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. You know, I could hear the argument of like they didn't end up winning, you know, in the playoffs when it mattered. Obviously, that was a snow game. They're playing a much better team, in my opinion, in the Bengals whenever they lost. But they do need another wide receiver beside him that's better than Gabe Davis. And so that could potentially, you know, hurt his target share a little bit. But I still just think moving forward, Diggs has shown to to still be one of the best receivers in the league. Finished as a wide receiver for this year. Finished. Uh, fifth as far as points per game scoring at 18.8 and that's just what you want on your team so obviously if you can move off of him now to get a younger wide receiver that's elite 
you should try to do that. But just in terms of rankings, if you have a competitive team and you have Stefan Diggs, you know, I'm, I'm still holding, you know what I mean? So that's my wide receiver. Eight. What about you, Joel? Yeah, I, I totally agree with your philosophy there, Philly. My receiver eight, I've got Amon Ross St. Brown. I remember two years ago when he, at the end of the year, just exploded onto the scene and, you know, he looked great. And it was more of a, that offseason was kind of a buyer beware for him because th- there was a reality that said he did that, but he did it when DeAndre Swift was gone. He did it when TJ Hawkinson was gone with injury as well. This year, he just took it to another level. And so I am not at all concerned with Amon Ra moving forward. I think that Jamison Williams, should he continue developing, should Ben Johnson continue using him in the offense in creative ways and letting him be the speedster he is, I think that will only open up those Amon Ra routes that we saw, those crossers, those intermediate and uh, lower level crossing routes those quick routes, quick hits, get the ball to him and let him just run. Cause his big thing is run after catch. Right. And so I, I do think Amon Ra has proved himself to be more than what well, he only performed when those guys were out. Now, of course, Hawkinson is gone. Swift had a down year, which is ironically the same thing we saw two years ago, just in different forms. But I think he has proven himself to kind of be the real deal. For sure. All right, Colby, who is your wide receiver nine? Uh, wide receiver nine, I do lean towards the younger player on this. I got Garrett Wilson at nine. I just think, you know, what he did this year with a lot of uncertainty at quarterback. Obviously, Zach Wilson was a quarterback. Mike White, Joe Flacco. That's three different quarterbacks that he caught the ball from. But what did he do? He had over 1,100 yards, 147 targets, only four touchdowns. Only had four touchdowns, man. That is, I feel like that is, hey, arrow up on Garrett Wilson. Also, just in general, he's 22 years old, but he has the physical tools to last long in the NFL. Definitely. Um, He's a great route runner as well. I know that that's like my main my main thing about a receiver when they can run the route well. That's really what's going to keep them in the league a long time. And he just has the physical tools. And once, you know, they get some stability at quarterback, obviously we don't know what that looks like yet, but I do believe that they'll figure it out. Once they get that stability, um, I think he's just going to really, really explode. You have to imagine that if they get a Derek Carr or a Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to take a pretty big step as far as where he's going to finish uh, next season. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think, you know, while Nathaniel Hackett wasn't a good head coach, I think he's a good offensive coordinator and just will be an improvement uh, over Mike LaFleur in that offense. But my wide receiver nine is a guy we already talked about a little bit, and that was T. Higgins. I have an interesting stat. So if you look at just the the baseline numbers with T. Higgins, you're kind of like, okay, like he had a good season, but you know, I don't know where where he really is, you know, an elite wide receiver. If you look at just fantasy points per game, he finished 27th with 13 fantasy points per game. But let's dig into the numbers. He appeared in every single game, but there were four games where he played 26% of the snaps, 16% of the snaps, 1% of the snaps. Then you had the the unfortunate DeMar Hamlin game, uh, and then the end game where he he did actually play 85% of the snaps and, and only seven targets. And he had seven targets, but only one catch for whatever reason. But if you take out all of those games, and even the the points in those games, and you take that and that's 12 games that he really played the full game in. He averaged 17.8 fantasy points per game. 17.8, which would have made him finish above CeeDee Lamb and be the wide receiver seven when it, in terms of fantasy points per game. This wow. guy is elite and, like Colby said, contested catch. He's big guy. Joe Burrow trusts him. Maybe he's not tied to him long-term. There's been a lot of talk about that. I tend to think they're going to make things work, but T Higgins is probably going to be a guy that will be able to be successful wherever he goes, but he does have that bump for the, at least the next year while being with Burrow. Well, let's, let's, uh, I don't want to get too caught up in the numbers of what I'm about to say. What I'm looking at is the fantasy finishes here. He's almost kind of taking a Terry McLaurin career arc as far as where he's finishing 
He's got that top 20, but he hasn't cracked the top 12, the top mm. 10 as far as finish. But he's got the numbers of Terry McLaurin. But Terry McLaurin is the wide receiver one on his team. I know this is a very pro T. Higgins on the Bengals podcast. But can you guys imagine him going somewhere where he is the true alpha, the true number one? Let's just throw out Green Bay as is. Can we imagine him getting the targets that Devontae Adams got? It, it, w- it would be pretty nice. Can we imagine him in an in offenses that are lacking that alpha receiver? I know that it's really good to be attached to Burrow, but there are a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. There are a lot of great. There's Well, not a lot of great, but there are a handful of great ones. Most have that alpha receiver. And so I would just love, love, love to see him flourish wherever he's at. And I think that with the stats that you guys have provided and just what we're seeing on the field, he's proving he can do that even with Jamar Chase. And so I think that's a really special trio they have there in Cincinnati, and they're probably going to do everything they can to keep it together. But he's also my wide receiver nine. Very nice. All right, Colby, who is your wide receiver 10? I went back and forth on this, and he's so old and crusty and gross. But Stefan Diggs, I have him at 10. He's tied to Josh Allen, you know, and I almost put cup here. I was really close to putting cup here, but Stafford, I just, I don't, I just don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen with him. And even though Diggs had a kind of a lackluster end of, end of his season, he still had over 1400 yards, 11 touchdowns. You know, he had, he's also had one, two, three, four, five straight seasons with over a thousand yards. So he's definitely elite. He's tied to Josh Allen. If they bring in somebody that's better than Gabe Davis, he might even do better <laughs> because it's true. You know, the defenses won't just be honed in on him the entire game. Gabe Davis is so bad, by the way. He's awful. He's trash. I hate Gabe Davis. Gabe Tropis. <laughs> he stinks. Very anti Gabe Davis over here. But anyway, Diggs, he is 29, and I hate that. That's so old. But. I do think, you know, he's another guy that runs routes really well. He's tied to Josh Allen. He's locked up in Buffalo. So I'm going to just, I'll I'll take him at 10. That's fair. And, you know, we talked about him. He is old, but, and I'm taking another old receiver for my wide receiver 10. Someone we just talked about, and that is Cooper Cup. I do love the younger receivers, but the, the truth is, is that even if, you know, they take away a couple of targets away from Cup. I mean, the the truth is he's still going to be a really dominant receiver. And I initially took him off of my top 10 whenever all the speculation of Sean McVay, was he going to be coming back? Was he going to retire? Whatever. And that really worried me. But with him coming back, I feel like this was kind of a lost season for Stafford. I don't think he's going to be great moving forward or anything like that. But I do think he's going to be serviceable enough to continually pepper Cooper Cup with targets for the, at least the near future. And so with that, uh, you know, Sean McVay is a smart coach. I think that he'll probably bring in, if, if he doesn't retire, bring in another solid quarterback after Matthew Stafford, if they can. And, and I just like the talent of Cooper Cup. I know he's a little bit older, but the dude is just uh, an absolute dog, an absolute technician. When we're talking about technicians, he's, he might be the best in the league just of, of what he's able to do with the talent that he has. He's, he's awesome. And, you know, Joel listed off the numbers earlier. He, he finished as the number one wide receiver in terms of fantasy points per game scored, obviously missed a lot of the season, but still 22.2 points per game is, uh, is pretty remarkable. So I got cup at number 10, Joel, who do you got to finish out your top 10? I have a rookie receiver who finished with over a thousand yards who had poor quarterback play, had 119 targets, only 70-something catches, 72 catches. He is from Ohio State, and his name is Chris Olave. I'm going Chris Olave as my number 10, not Garrett Wilson, though Garrett Wilson is right there, right right behind him at 11. Olave, his target to catches, that, that little, that gap there is not drops. It's not, you know... He just couldn't get there. It's, it's Andy Dalton. It's who's throwing him the ball. They're doing what? Who's on the field right now? Yeah. 
And so I've got him at 10. What we saw him do his rookie season is the reason we traded up for him as, as saints. We being the saints, me speaking for the saints organization, we traded up for him for this reason. I don't know if the writing was always on the wall with Michael Thomas, but Olave is our wide receiver one. I don't think anyone has any issue with that. Would love to build around him a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. So I think in spite of who was throwing him the ball and the other players on the field with him, I, that's why I have Chris Olave, simply because I'm assuming that as things get better, he will also elevate and he will also continue to rise in these rankings as we do this every year. Yeah. I love Olave. Obviously, I'm also a Saints fan, and I'm so happy that we got rid of Pete Carmichael. But unfortunately, we still do have a Muppet at head coach in Dennis Allen, and I'm not sure what the quarterback situation looks like next year. There's reports that we might get Derek Carr, and I wouldn't be overjoyed about that. He is better than Dalton and, I guess, Winston, and that would help out Chris Olave, but I do. That's the only reason why he was left off uh, of my, even my outside looking in is just because of there's so much in flux with our organization right now that it kind of scares me. But my outside looking in was obviously a Monroe St. Brown and also Garrett Wilson. It, it just, you know, y'all talk about Monroe St. Brown. He's awesome. I could easily see him with another down year from maybe cup or digs uh, him easily entering that top 10. And with Garrett Wilson, it seems like he's going to have more stability at quarterback uh, quicker than Olave. So that's the only reason why I put Garrett Wilson there. Uh, Colby, who is your outside looking in? Before we get into that, so you have it. You're just sitting at home right now. It's February or March. Someone hits you up in a deal. They want your Cooper Cup. They offer you Garrett Wilson. You don't accept that? What does my team look like? Uh, in, in a vacuum, probably not. So you wouldn't accept Chris Olave? I like Olave a little bit better than Wilson. I'd consider it. But also I think I don't think that Olave can do what Cup has done the last year and a half yet. I think but, if my team is ready to actually contend, it's like one of the four best teams in the league, then I let it ride for one more year. If I'm kind of middle of the pack, then yes, I do that. But the only thing is you won't have that opportunity to get again to get a, a, the elite receiver for your receiver that is almost 30. So if you have Says that opportunity, who? you probably won't. If uh, in another year you won't have the opportunity to get Garrett Wilson if he booms like we think he will. Or hey, maybe. But, or T. Higgins. If, if T. Higgins, is, if someone offers you cup for Higgins, Joel, you wouldn't do that? Um, Straight up. If I'm looking to add a fourth in there, maybe I would probably (laughs) add, try to add just something else. I do think cup is worth T plus, maybe not T plus much, but I just, I I don't know. I'm looking at the last year and a half and I can't, I can't be taken off of that until I see that the Rams are not going to do it. We can, we can theorize about them not doing it, but until it's not even, it's not even about that. What's it about? I, don't, I really don't think it's about that. I think it's being relevant longer because their points per game, like they're, it's different for sure. But if you're going to have, if you have the opportunity to have someone like Wilson, like Olave, like Higgins, now I'm not going down to like a Drake London or a Chris Godwin because that's too low. Then you're taking so, a loss or Michael Pittman. But yeah. I wouldn't go that far because you're taking too much of a loss. But if you're, if you're right there and you can flip your clock, I don't see how you won't do that. I do I like that I'd, for Higgins. I would for probably sure, do cause... T straight up. If I couldn't get anything else with it, obviously you're always wanting a little bit more. If I, I would, but T is probably the last player I would do anything straight up with cup. If my, if I'm just looking to flip the clock and I think T can continue. Devonta to Smith. Oh yeah. I would do Devonta Smith for sure. Yeah. I'm asking Joel as well. You wouldn't, okay. you would do Devonta he, he's, Smith. He's just outside my top 10, but. Um, I'd consider it. I do like Devontae a little bit more. I liked him coming into the league a little bit more than some other people. All right, but would you do it? In a vacuum, straight up, maybe not. That's crazy. I, I just I think that's insane because Cuff's about to be 30. We have an elite receiver that's 24. I mean, 
you, you're got to be thinking long term. I feel like it's just a difference in philosophy. That's all. Think too, like Devonta Smith did only average 14 fantasy points per game compared to Cup, which obviously I don't know if he'll do 22 again, but he probably will do 19 again. I mean, I I can easily see that. And will Devonta jump up to 17? You know, obviously I I'd, I'd take Devonta. But when it comes to like Olave and Wilson, like I said, if my team could potentially win the title next year, then I hold my cup. I know what you're saying. I agree about flipping the clock, but Olave only averaged 13. Gary Wilson averaged 12 uh, in terms of fantasy points per game. And that's a that's a steep drop off uh, compared to what cup was doing this year. And are those two guys going to jump up into the 15s and 17s next year? Maybe. But I mean, if we look at a guy like CD Lamb, he went from he had a really good rookie year, but he only had 15 more points uh, from his rookie year to his next year. You know what I mean? Like some guys don't make just massive leaps right away. So, again, but if I'm if I'm middle of the pack team and I can do that, then, yes, absolutely. I do that every time. I'm, I'm with that as well. If I'm a contender, if I'm in my window, I have no reason to to even want to flip the clock. That's just me. But you can be relevant longer. Potentially. That's all I think. Well, yeah, but so it's a calculated risk. If I, if I have Cup, if I have Devontae Adams, if I, who's another really good old wide receiver? Diggs. If I have one of those three guys, maybe not Tyreek. I, I, I probably wouldn't do this with Tyreek just because I believe in him a lot more. But if I have sure. any of those three guys, I'm going to these owners that have T, that have Amon Ra, uh, they have Garrett Wilson and I'm not, Brandon I'm not Ayuk. asking for it. No, not Brandon. You <laughs> see, it didn't go well this time, but that was before I was, I just went too far down a tier and that was a mistake. And, but Hey, still I could see. So like, I agree that Garrett Wilson and Olavi are great, but I could see those two guys having another kind of middle of the pack season. And then next year making a big leap like Ayuk did to be fair. You know, because Ayuk finished his wide receiver 15 this year. Right. But if you could get a plus with it, see, right yeah. now, right now, what I think my mistake with when I traded Cup for Ayuk, I mean, it was a huge mistake. It was a bad trade. But I went too far down a tier. I think that's fair. A, I should have went for a guy below the tier, but I went two, three tiers down. That's not necessarily what I'm saying when I'm saying down tier. I'm saying get that, get that second, get that third. You know, in some cases, you can get a first if your player is good enough. Now, if you have a Cooper Cup or a, a Stefan Diggs, or if you go to the running backs landscape and you have um, one of those elite guys, Henry Mixon, that are older, Kamara. I don't know. It's just it's just something to think about, at least. It absolutely is something to think about. The last thing that I'll say is I just think that there are a handful of guys that have proven that they are built different and age hasn't affected them like others. Derrick Henry at the running back position, Travis Kelsey at the tight end position, and I think Cup is that guy at the receiver position. And Devontae Adams also makes the strong case. They're both on the cusp of 30 or at 30. How long did the industry tell us to get rid of Derrick Henry? They said it when he was 26, and then he was a top five running back, and then he was a number one running back when he was, what, 27? Then he got hurt, and this year he also was like top the top five running back. The team took a, a nosedive, but you know, you don't always have to do that because it's not a guarantee. Now it's a great thing, but simply my thoughts are Cooper Cup is a guy that does defy the clock. I could see that. I could see that. Well, Colby, you want to introduce our fan favorite segment? This next segment is probably, I think, our favorite as podcasters in general. Um, I've just called ourselves podcasters. That's very funny. As as people do the show, maybe. It's better. (laughs) But uh, I don't know if we're podcasters just yet. But um, we're going to go over three trades and... Basically, we're gonna we're gonna pick a side and also tell um, the audience if it's a fair trade or if it's a fleece. And so these are from trades that are in our leagues. Now, if you want to be a part of this segment, please email your trade at cfgpod at gmail.com. It's in the show notes as well. 
So the first trade, it's a best ball league, 12 team, I believe. And yep. it is Devontae Adams for a 2023 1.06 and 1.07. What do y'all think? Well, uh, this is, I think, just right on line with what you were talking about earlier as far as if you can tear down. Now, obviously, you're not getting that guy that's already been in the league. But you have to imagine with 106, and this is a, a super flex best ball league to dynasty league, 12 teams, you have to imagine that that 106 and 107 is likely going to be near the top of the wide receiver class. It seems to be that there's going to be four quarterbacks that will go in the first round of rookie drafts and at least two running backs. And so if all of those guys go right there, you're looking at the wide receiver one and wide receiver two of the class. And... For Devonta Adams, who is still a very talented receiver, I want those young wide receivers because even though I, I don't think that people are as high on this 2023 class as we were maybe a year or two ago, I'm still in on Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm still in on Jordan Addison. If you like Quentin Johnson, go Quentin Johnston. But I still think that those guys, once they step on the NFL, uh, once they step on the field as, a, as an NFL player, they're going to be incredibly talented. And so I want that truthfully. Um, but Devonte Adams showed last year that even in a down car year, he was still one of the best receivers in the game. So I don't think it's a absolute fleece, but I definitely like Colby. You know, I want to flip the clock right there with a guy like Adams. If I can do it like that, where you get a chance at maybe two of the top receivers in, uh, in this draft. I really like the idea of those two firsts. Like you said, you're looking at the top of the receiver class. What if a quarterback falls that you really like? What if a running back falls that you like? I mean, it would really only be Gibbs who would somehow end up there. Yeah. But you really just like the flexibility of the picks. And I think I've said that for the last two episodes. But the reality is, what if you use those two picks to jump up and get a player you love in the top three? Yeah. And then you could probably get a little something back, even if it's a, a third there's still value to be found in the third. And so there's just options. I don't, I just don't know if Devonte Adams as great as he is continuing to be. I don't know if he's in that two first for me, he's on the cusp if he's not. And so I prefer in this situation, this picks simply because if you go to someone and you say, let's say, let's say these two, you know, this is a, this is a fair trade. This is not a bad trade. No one was fleeced. But if you go up to the person who has 102 and you say, are you more willing to give me this for Devontae Adams, superstar receiver, or are you more willing to give me 102 for these two picks? I think almost 10 out of 10 times I'm willing to say you'd probably the picks would get that that trade done faster than the Devontae Adams holder. What do you think, Colby? Yeah, so I'm taking the picks just because of the flexibility of them. Devontae Adams is 30. Incredible receiver. He's going to put up numbers next year, especially if Aaron Rodgers goes to Las Vegas. But I think when it comes down to it, especially in the best ball, I want the flexibility of the picks. I probably would have approached this trade a little differently. I would have tried to get a player instead of 107. But I think, and obviously a very good, almost elite player is what I mean by that. But at the same time, I want the flexibility of the picks. You can just do so much with them between Definitely. now and April. And the next trade, this is what the one of the trades I did. So I'm going to let these guys kind of talk about it. I acquired Russell Wilson. This is a 12-team Superflex Titan Premium. And I will say my team, I've probably had like, I think I've had three losses in two years. I have an elite, elite team, but I've never, I haven't won the championship in two years. So I'm going for it. I have some questions at quarterback just to give you some context, but I acquired Russell Wilson for the 23 201 and a 24 second. So immediately I do like the, the trade for Colby side with the team context, right? If you're right there, one of the best teams in the league and you have a question at quarterback, you know, obviously Russ had like the year from hell this year. It was awful, terrible. Now you have Sean Payton who has proven to be a very excellent offensive coach. I do have questions about Russ uh, when it comes to like the intermediate uh, and, and short stuff we've seen over his career. He doesn't love those, uh, those plays that much. 
And that's kind of, you know, at least with, with Drew Brees, that's where Sean Payton and Drew made their money. So I'm interested in seeing if that will, if that marriage will be totally perfect. But I do think just in general with having a more competent and a non-Muppet head coach that Russell Wilson will just be vastly improved this year. He's got good weapons around him. And for a starting quarterback, a basically guaranteed starting quarterback in a super flex league, two seconds is not that much. Uh, and so even though the, the 23 second is 201, which is, you know, a, a pretty solid pick in a, in a dynasty rookie draft, especially this one, uh, I still am taking Russ if that means, hey, this, this is really going to help cement me as being uh, a potential championship winner this next year. Yeah, I think. Colby, you did a great job. Just once you found out Sean Payton was the coach, this is the this is your sign, you know, that kind of thing. Your team is perfectly set up for a guy like Russ to step in. Let's see, last year, 201. I got Jahan Dotson at a 201 in a, in a super flex draft last year. So you're looking at that caliber. And so you, you multiply that by two, I would still take Russ, especially for your context. You mentioned it when you talked about the disappointments in the fantasy season, Colby, but those last few weeks, there was definitely something there with Russ. There was definitely something there with the offense as a whole. And you know who was missing the entire time? It looked started to look good. Javante Williams. Let's get him back. Let's get this offense rolling. Let's see the kind of staff that Sean Payton can build around Russ and the rest of this offense and the rest of this team. And I do think there's something there. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to kick it for another decade, but I do think Russ in your window is a, an, an awesome buy. Yeah, and I just want to point out in our uh, committed league, our, our league that we started, 2022, the 201 was George Pickens. Uh, 2021, it was Rondell Moore. And in 2020, it was Henry Ruggs uh, third. So, and even around there, there weren't a lot of like elite guys that went. I think the most elite guy that went late in the second uh, as far as wide receivers go was Amon Ra uh, whenever he came out just because he fell so you know if you're talking about Dotson you're talking about any of those guys like those guys probably aren't starting for your team Colby you know what I mean and so with that you know if you can flip that into quarterback and buying low on him I think that that's I think that it's a fair trade uh, not quite a fleece but I think it's a really good move just by you in general yeah, I didn't, and I didn't think it was a fleece either. Um, the guy that I traded, didn't made this trade with, is a is a kind of a rebuilder at this point um, yeah. in his dynasty in dynasty career, especially. So it just kind of worked out, and I think both sides are happy. And I will say this: if Sean Payton can't fix Russell Wilson, he needs to retire because it's over. It is over. Uh, moving on That's to our fair. next trade, we have Joe Mixon who I know he had some legal issues, but they were all dropped today, actually. Yeah. Which is good. Um, Joe Mixon for a 24-second. And this is a 12-team, super flex league. This is our main committed football guys league. What do y'all think? Um, I just, I got to say it's a fleece. I got to <laughs> say it's a fleece. Mixon is worth much, much more than a 24-second. And the second that it is, is the guy who traded for Mixon. So he's obviously adding to his team. This team is in a win now mode. And so I don't love it. I don't love it at all. If you don't want to hold Mixon, I get it. But I think Mixon is worth a lot more than what he just, what he sold him for. Yeah, I have to agree with this. Uh, Joe Mixon is tied to a really great offense for at least the next year or two. He's only 26. I know he's had some a little bit of injury history, but uh, truthfully, he's he's still played a, a lot of games. Last year in 2021, obviously finished as running back four. I don't imagine that will happen again, but he finished with 240 fantasy points this year on far less attempts uh, last year. And uh, he actually increased his targets this year, which is kind of what you want in a PPR running back uh, to have him take less attempts and more targets, honestly, uh, just because that's what less wear and tear than just going in between the tackles. Every single play finished with 16 fantasy points per game. Uh, I can see that being the case again next year. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily see that 
he's going to just drop off a cliff in the next two years, maybe three years for sure. But uh, the next year or two, I think he's going to be really solid. And again, tied to a really good offense that throws the ball incredibly well. So he's always going to have lanes to to run the football. And you imagine, you would hope the Bengals would improve their offensive line even further this offseason. So that would help him too. So yeah, second, he's he's definitely worth way more than just one second. What would y'all what would y'all value Mixon as right now? I think he's a first first quality player. Just because I was thinking late first too. Yeah, he's I mean he's he was RB ten last year. He's tied to a wonderful offense that is gonna score. You know, twenty six years old, that's that's not young, but it's it's okay. It's it's gonna it's gonna be okay type of thing. Yeah. I'm not shaking from the oldness. Joe Mixon, I think this is a total fleece, and I'm really shocked that this owner did this because he's probably one of the smartest guys I play with. So I don't know. I think he got totally fleeced. Sorry, Jason. But Joe Mixon, I'm actually jealous. I would have paid you two seconds. I would have paid two seconds as well. Yeah, just like super easily, like not even thought about it. Been like, oh, auto accept. So I'm not sure what you're thinking here. Also, you're a contender. I I just I don't understand this like at all. I have the 111 in this current draft, and I I would have given that for Mixon probably, just truthfully. Colby, would you have yeah. given the 110 that you have for Mixon? I mean, I think so. I really do. I think when so. You asked, when you asked what we think he's worth, the first thing that came to mind was 110 to 112. And it's yeah. just and not and, and that would be fair for both sides, I think. And so um, I, I do think you could have gotten more for Mixon. Definitely. Well, sweet. This has been a great episode. Enjoy chopping it up with the boys. Of course, um, follow us on Instagram at CFG pod. And then also, if you have any feedback or questions or want to get your trade featured on the show, email CFG pod at gmail.com. And I just want to say thank you for all the support y'all have given the podcast. We actually just have, we have over a hundred plays between all of our episodes, which I think we didn't really know what to expect, but we're super happy with that and we're excited to grow and bring y'all more quality content. Absolutely. Thank y'all so much. Uh, Again, we hope to just continue improving and being more active and everything like that. So thank y'all so much for the support. It's been awesome to see. Well, sweet. Well, I'm Colby. I'm Joel. And I'm Philly. And this has been the Committed Football Guys podcast. See ya. See ya.